Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome to FRL, everyone's favorite wrestling show. Very special Thursday edition. CP's running late, um, so we got Bray to fill in. Nah, no, no CP today, uh, no CP all of next week. Um, he will be out in the mountains doing mountain stuff. Yeah. Jeremiah Johnson on his mountain man. Mountaineering. Mountaineering. I'm joined by David Bray, Ben Askren via satellite. How you doing, Ben? I'm doing well today. Except for some high school talk, we don't uh, we don't really do too much uh, high school talk. So uh, Bray's going to fill us in. It's great. Yeah, Bray, Bray's going to tell us everything we need to know. You're going to tell us uh, how all your guys are doing. Speaking of yeah. your guys, Mitchell Messenbrink was just on Bader's show. I yeah. just listened to it last night. Mitchell, he is maybe one of the most obsessed wrestlers um, for listening to it. It's kind of like, it, well, it made me think about when you talk about, like in, in the film we did with you um, years ago, uh, like just how obsessed you are constantly thinking about it. And, you know, yeah. you've got the guys wrestling in your head. He seems to be on that level of obsessed. Yeah, uh, he seems to really love it. And that that's kind of our goal, right, is to create a situation where the kids love it. And when they love it, they're going to, do the necessary things to make themselves be really, really good at it. Bader Bader asked him like how often he thinks about wrestling, and he's like pretty much all the time. And then of course yeah. Bader Bader he's a professional, so he's going to ask a follow up question. And he's like, well, what things what things do you think about when you're thinking about wrestling? And the first thing Mitchell said was crushing the people I want to crush. That's funny. That's how how often yes, do you guys do you guys talk about that at at AW to, uh, I don't think we I don't think we talk very frequently about the people he wants to crush. <laughs> almost almost never. That's a, that's an amazing thing to hear. Funny, yeah, that, that was funny. I I chuckled when I when I heard that. A few nuggets to uh, get into before we kind of get into the high school talk. Nick Suriano back in the news, back on the move. Um, it appears he's wrestling back out. In Arizona now at Sunkist, yeah. uh, kind of interesting. I um, thought you guys did like a t- that was, I th- my wife actually was sitting next to me when I uh, clicked on that piece of content, and um, it she's like, "This seems like a TMZ piece." <laughs> uh, TMZ esque, I guess. Um, that was done by uh, our sweet prince Connor Petros. Um, okay, video video extraordinaire. Um, a, f- a few social media posts about Seriano. Came out from the Sunkiss Wrestling Club in in Tempe, um, so mm. it, 
It's always fun to uh, were you guys? I, I guess I wasn't under the impression that Nick Sirianno was going to stay at one place very long because he, well, he never has. Uh, were you guys probably under that never will. Well, I, I probably never will. I don't know that I necessarily thought he was going to stay in Michigan for a long time, but I, I, I do think that we had, you know, talked to him in an interview um, at, at maybe World Cup or something, and I got the impression that like he was going to be there for, I don't know, longer. really. I, for for a while, or that he was that he, okay. there was kind of an announcement around him going or yeah, returning right. to to Cliff Keen Wrestling Club. So I was like, all right, well he'll be there for a little bit, but uh, I, yeah, I don't know. At but, least a couple weeks. But you're right. I mean, nothing is is too surprising. Um, I I did think that I don't know. The, one of the interesting things in that little video that Connor made is is that you know he he's he's been he's had experience working with Mark Perry. Mark Perry's also had experience, uh, you know, coaching and, and being really familiar with Thomas Gilman. And who knows, maybe that's something that Suriano sees in as, as an advantage, but um, very interesting. And one Spencer Lee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As well. You know what's wild is after all these years, like, you know, you've heard other people be interviewed and you could probably kind of sometimes guess what they're thinking. Like, you guys don't know what he's thinking. I have no idea. Like, what's Nick Suriano thinking? Don't know. That's Not why sure. we literally did a no film idea. on it and titled it Man of Mystery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it truly well. is a, a man of mystery. One of the most fun people to kind of uh, follow in the sport. And a lot of it is because there is that mystique around him and that that lure of not really knowing what he's thinking. Yeah. Not going to hold up inside. I just want him to come back to uh, come back to the content game. He used to be quite the uh, Instagram follow. Oh my God! I remember that one day we looked through all of them, and it was just—it was preposterous. I gotta—I gotta follow Fast Twitch now for all the my my good Instagram. Oh God! He, that, someone sent me that last night, and I, I was dying laughing. And then <laughs> the comments were brutal. <laughs> he, oh my goodness! He took that bag out. Sometimes you gotta take a bag out. <laughs> uh, Suriano uh, will be oh at the Deglane. Uh, in France, not this weekend, but next weekend competing. So we'll get to see him there, along with uh, quite a few other pretty big names um, from USA Wrestling. Vincenzo. Yep, good uh, group going there. Jaden's going. Pentelio, DeSanto, Lugo. Um, Kennedy Blades will be back in action, too. Right. Yeah. Um, so that'll be good. And then we got uh, – we got I know Mitchell's pointing on going. We got Cyril Pilato in um, February. So that, that's always a fun one. and. Um, you don't have a super deep international field, but you got always got some good Cubans and maybe one or two other countries. Yeah, the Sarah Palato's kind of fallen off a little bit, um, kind of with the decline of Cuba. But yeah, hopefully you can get a good, at least a good couple matches. Yeah, Cuba used to be so tough, and now eh, maybe not so much anymore. Mm, you know, the resources probably aren't there as much. Yeah. But mm-hmm. they can do. Um, yeah. I think Bray put this in the doc. SDSU, you're getting jacked up in a new facility. Yeah, that facility looks awesome. Did you guys see this? I did not see that, no. Four full mats. Wait, oh, there we go. And, the... and they started, like, they started working out there yesterday, apparently, so. Wow, it does look nice, huh? Yeah. I know this has been in the works for quite some time. I'm sure it is quite the relief from Coach Han. He He did a lot of fundraising to – uh to get this built and it, it is, I know they're excited about it and it does look very great. Yeah. You love seeing upgrades in wrestling and money getting invested in. And 
That doesn't get you jacked, Katie. I don't know. What <laughs> they well. did. They did <laughs> need a new facility. I don't know if you had ever been in their wrestling room, but it was. I have not. Very small dungeon, kind of outdated, and uh, they'll have everything they need here in this facility with mats, weights, locker rooms, hangout rooms. So. I like the I like the wall of windows. Um, not on this side, not in this picture, but yeah, because uh, you can imagine like some of these South Dakota blizzards rolling in, and and you could just watch it and practice and just see that there. There you go. Look at that. You're gonna watch a blizzard roll in right there. Uh, I mean, the other thing there is sometimes I know this is true. Like you you were in high school for a while. Man, the winter you get in there for a morning workout. You don't see any sunlight. It's dark. Mm-hmm. You stay at school all day, not a lot of windows, and then you go to practice, and you come out, and it's dark again, just for mm-hmm. weeks and weeks. Yeah, it's, it's a real bummer. <laughs> yes, we need some sunlight. Yeah, our high school wrestling room had like had like a, a little had some windows, but like only at the very top, so you could kind of like it's barely see, see it. some light. See you some knew light. the light did exist. <laughs> you know the sun did exist, but you didn't really see it very much. <laughs> it did exist. We're sure it existed. Especially in high school because you do not leave that building. No. <laughs> yeah. It, it was there. You get there at, if you have morning workout, 6 or 6.30 a.m. If not, even at 8 a.m., you know, in, in Iowa at least, yeah. it's dark. Yep. <laughs> and then you're leaving yeah. past 5 p.m., it's dark. <laughs> yeah. I do remember the one thing I remember from high school is um, we would uh, – it was after Christmas, we would do morning runs like two or three times a week or something like that. And so school started at like 7.20 or 7.30. So I think the runs were like, I would say 6.15 or somewhere in there, you know? And uh, it was dark, dark, dark. And then right at the very end of the season, you would see the sun coming up before your morning <laughs> workout. And you're like, all right, mm-hmm. that's, we know that's a signal. It's almost over. <laughs> that's a good, that's a good feeling. Yes, absolutely. All right, Bray, let's get into this this high school talk. You are our national high school ranker, so you know the, the ins and outs probably much better than we do. But first, uh, a topic we talked a little bit about yesterday, Braden Thompson transferring from Illinois to Stillwater, Oklahoma. Um, I wanted to kind of get your take on this and your perspective as you knew actually before pretty much anybody else. Yeah, yeah, and I mean it's it's interesting because um, the the timing of this move ended up being really weird because Braden Thompson was out of Doc B, and then he was disqualified from the tournament, and so a lot of people online assumed like, oh, he just he, he got disqualified from this tournament, so he's leaving and he's out, and it's like no, they that was this was the plan before the tournament started. Um, I think you know they considered this at the beginning of the year, but it it wasn't the right move at that time, and. Uh, this this is like very crazy, especially for wrestling fans in Oklahoma. This this move is um, there are a lot of elements. I, I know you guys. I listened yesterday. You guys touched on that loss they just took to Edmond North. Um, that was kind of unexpected because Stillwater does have these move-ins. There's this national power. I mean, they have they have now two different number ones. Um, you know, they have Ladarian Lockett on the team, who's who's like a top three guy. Eric Jordan's number he's actually two. from there though, right? He's or from there, yeah. Right? Yeah, okay. yeah. Kale Hughes is from there too, and he's number one. I mean, they have they have some really good guys that are from there, but they also have a bunch of move-ins. And so, I mean, it's this national level program. And so when Edmund North beat them, it, it was really big news in Oklahoma, and it was it was dramatic because 
the duel was at the the National Wrestling Hall of Fame duels that are for the first year happened in Stillwater um, in Gallagher Iba, and it came down to heavyweight. Stillwater had a four point lead going into he- heavyweight, and Edmund North got a pin. And so oh, got him! Yeah, they got yeah crazy. Place is going nuts, and so it's this. There's a lot of drama around it, and then this guy moves in, and and um and so I think probably a lot of Oklahoma fans feel like it's this counter strike of like, oh man, Edmund North won, so Stillwater, what are they going to do? We got to go get a number one. We got to go get a kid who's number one in the country. <laughs> so it's like oh. it's high, it's high drama in there. Um, and I mean it's it's an interesting thing. It's you know whether or not it should be allowed to happen. I you know I know you guys talked about that yesterday uh i don't know i don't have a strong opinion about whether or not it should happen but it's happening and uh it's it's going to make for a really interesting postseason because they have an oklahoma state duels and an individual state championship and so i think on the individual side of things stillwater can be extremely tough to beat but on on the dual side of things it's 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 gonna be a question still of like you know, a duel is are, are they the same division as Edmund North? I mean, it's a yeah, yeah. So they, they should they should meet up both at the state duels and at at the individual okay. state tournament and the team score. So yeah, so that'll be it, it'll be interesting to follow that throughout. And and then you guys talked about it yesterday, but where what are they going to do with the lineup between between Braden and and AJ Haig? It's it's going to be. Interesting to see because their weights go from seventy five to ninety to two fifteen, and so what'll what'll happen? I don't know. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the weights are you know that is one. I think that's a high school plot that is kind of missed this year. Is I feel like every state has their own weights and they're all freaking over the place. And Wisconsin yeah. has stayed at normal normal weights, which then is the USA wrestling weights. But every time I go to take a peek at the semifinal results from the Ironman or the Power to the Doc B, it feels like they're different weight classes. Yeah, it's like, wait, what's going on here? Yeah, it's it's crazy. Like, yeah, uh, last week when the Doc B precedes came out, I was like, I was talking with Spay, and we're like, man, how many high school weight classes have there been at like big tournaments this year? And so I just looked at yeah. at I think like Ironman, Beast of the East, Powerade, um, Doc B, like make a couple other in season tournaments, and we counted thirty five different weight classes. Like they're oh just, my god, like you just yeah, never it feels know. like they're all a little bit different. Yeah, so it makes your job hard. <laughs> it, yeah, it does. And Doc B yesterday or yesterday last week was it was basically like the regular weights plus three pounds. Um, so, but so you have some kids that are like a one thirty two pounder that are, that are like, well, it's you know it's one twenty nine this week. I guess I'll just like descend for the for the week. Uh, but then other kids just wrestling their normal weight, and it it does get really do, hard to do, figure hey, out. Bray, do not all states have descent plans? Because Wisconsin's got the descent plan, and I know the NCAA wrestling has it also which would make it hard to like fluctuate that much within a week. I think a lot of states do, but I don't know. I can't answer if every single one does. Um, it's a good question. Huh. I'm, I'm not sure if all of them do. Yeah. That would, I mean, that would be preventative for people changing weight classes that quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, yeah. Something tells me not every state has a descent plan necessarily. Um, I think they probably all have some kind of rule around it, but, but I don't know that every single state does. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. But it, as a result, you just get, you get guys all over the place. So in Oklahoma, yes. where there's 190, you get guys that normally wrestle 82. You get guys that wrestle 95. It's just, it's kind of, it's it's yeah. a little bit hard to sort out sometimes. Yeah, uh, I mean, Braden Thompson, specifically, that since that was the person we're talking about, he's been at like 195, 190, 188, 182. He's been 
<laughs> all yeah. of the weight classes. That that's the that upper half of the weight classes is where all that like all that all those shakeups happen because yeah. because in some states it goes from like instead of 152 160 it's 150 157 so and then and then it just you know it staggers on up so yeah. anywhere anybody from 152 up is it has options and can go can go to like different weight classes all the time so that's honestly that's a very simple way that we could you know people talk about grow the sport or make it simpler to follow that's an easy one let's just have one set of weight classes imagine if Imagine if NCAA I mean, wrestling. If there like, was a place to pull a weight class from, though, it would be the upper weights. If if you told me, yes. that, actually, we did this for our our uh, high school duels this year. Is you know they said go from um, everyone wanted one less upper weight mm-hmm. because the people had trouble filling it, so we we took one out. I, I think we went we went what two hundred than heavyweight maybe or something like that. Pennsylvania has has thirteen weights instead of fourteen, yes. and and they took one of the upper weights out. And I think it I think yeah. it's good. I don't. It doesn't feel like you're lacking in in um, yes. you know in depth or or opportunities. So I no. think it's I think it's good. I think um, you like the thirteen plan. I think thirteen is good. I, I like thirteen. I've heard I've heard people say that that you could consider like thirteen for duels and 14 for tournaments um i don't know that's that's fine too i just think we need one set of weights imagine if like the acc and the big 10 had different weight classes and you just had to like figure out what event you're going to it'd be stupid i mean it's, it's, yeah. it's a little different because all those teams end up at the division one national championship yeah versus all these teams end up at their state championship they do it is weird um do you know why because five years ago it was pretty much everybody Every state had the national weights except mm-hmm. Michigan. I think yeah. stuck with them, and maybe one other state or something like that. Why well, have Mich- we seen Michigan never changed? Correct. Yeah, Michigan never changed. They stuck with you know the strong. Three, yeah, <laughs> three, twelve, nineteen. Um, why in the past two years have we seen so many states change? Do you know? Well, there was a like a national proposal um, yes. with these new weights, and so I do think we're probably going to see more states shift towards the new ones it just may take some time are we going to see a national change at any point in the near future well i, think I thought we, i thought technically i thought the national thing said that um i thought they said that the states were kind of free to do their own thing it was did i misunderstand that one i think they said they're free to do their own thing but they also have this is their proposed new set like the 150 157 that that set that's like the national proposed okay set of of weights but if you have to opt in and and, you know you're dealing with like 50 different organizations that have 50 different sets of leadership and all that it's like some people are going to do it some aren't and that's what we're stuck with right now get worse before it gets better you think i don't think we're going to have more sets of weight classes but i think we're going to have more states like shifting and moving i think it's going to be like this for a while interesting yeah i do uh i mean uh I like having states' abilities to pick their own weight classes, but it does make it confusing for all these tournaments. I think 13 is probably the right number, which means one out of the upper weight somewhere. Yeah. How do you feel about the lowest being six? You know, some people still think there should be three. Some people say bump it up a pound or two. I I think, um, like when I think about high school wrestling, 106 is a really good weight because because it's it's – primarily occupied by freshmen and sophomores who who a lot of them are that size or smaller and i think that's totally totally fine because high school wrestling is it's a developmental level of the sport 
and it's it's one where you want young like growing human beings to have a, a space where they fit on like on international though like 57 kilos if that became 59 or you know like a, a kilo or two higher i would have no problem with that because i don't think you have the same type of issue and I, it seems like people are generally like getting a little bit bigger and i don't I don't know how many people would be sad that they didn't get to make 57 kilos anymore. Um, but at the high school level, it's it's yeah. fine that it's fine that you have weights that are mostly occupied by freshmen and sophomores. That's what the sport is I for. I say it's don't bump it up because you, <laughs> we have we still have guys. We have a a bunch of guys who aren't that size going into their freshman year. They're not 106 pounds, and then at the end it's 109. They're surely not 109. Yep. Um, and then the, I mean, the other thing with that weight class is honestly, I could see bumping it down a couple pounds because what you have is you 106 means 106 and anyone under 106, that's all 90 pounders also. Um, so generally that weight class can get filled. And then sometimes you actually have 113 being unfilled because you have 113 is only 107 through 113 essentially. Right. Mm-hmm. And 106 is 106 and everything down. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that'd be. It, it could be okay. And I don't necessarily disagree with that it's good to get younger guys, the development or whatever. But what I do think is interesting is wrestling is basically the only sport, high school sport, that thinks like that. Every other sport basically accepts your underclassmen go participate in JV or, you know, if they're good enough, they make the varsity team. But if not, they go JV or the freshman team for a year or two. And then they get their time on the varsity team. It's just interesting that wrestling is always like, oh, but look at all the people. Look at all the people that started out as a freshman at this weight class. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, mean, I think it makes sense. I think because the positions in other sports are, you know, they're. It's not weight based. They're filled in based on your skill and your ability to play that position. And you can and, be just as skillful at 106 as you can at yeah. 170 pounds. Yeah. 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 Just I mean, smaller. honestly. <laughs> A lot of times the little guys are more skillful than the bigger guys. And, uh, you know, part of it is because the little guys wrestle all year round because they're not good at other sports because they're size. But part of it is just the the way the body works. And sometimes the upper weights, there's a lot of things you can't do or can't or shouldn't do. They just don't work the same way at upper weights. Yeah. yeah. I've always just thought that was interesting that, that – and I – like I said, I don't necessarily disagree, but it's just an interesting that wrestling thinks about the way. And I feel like no other sport – Mm-hmm. high school sport really does yeah um one of the things i was thinking about related to high school wrestling and it kind of i mean has to do with you know we're talking about these states can pick their weights for for the postseason and all that kind of stuff we have an increasing number of high school athletes who are who are like basically opting out well, yeah. or or not eligible for yeah for, for the postseason so the bishop mccourt program right they're ineligible in pa because of like recruiting um valiant prep right they uh they're not, they're not they, eligible at all they're not eligible they don't well, compete they did, in a postseason like try it right or they didn't they were well they, they don't with... even compete during that they can't compete during the season right they yeah. i think they would like to uh, they would, they would like to yes they would like okay. to be in national okay. preps they'd like to they would like to get you know international preps but they're not in there right now so yeah. you, you know you have you have these programs like bishop mccourt you have um, Valiant Prep, and and I've heard, you know, I've had conversations with uh, folks at, at Bishop McCourt, and then I remember hearing Angel Cejudo on the Bader Show talk about like, for them, their folk style season, it's over by the time the new year hits. Like it's Valiant Prep, I think, is over after after Super Thirty Two generally, or I know, well, maybe not now that you guys are doing the PNL, um, 
Uh, no, I mean, we don't. Have, uh, we don't have all of our, all the high school spring stuff will be freestyle. So, so these programs, like they they shift from folk style training and competition much earlier than than the rest of the high school, the rest of the nation, yeah. right? And so, right now, most of the big national high school tournaments have happened for the season. We still have a few more. There's some awesome wrestling happening still in January. Um, but it's it's really for a lot of these guys shifting into their state season. They're focused on on winning their state titles right now. Meanwhile, you've got a few of these programs that are that are already shifting into freestyle mode. And with a U.S. Open that's going to be in April, that gives them a lot more time to to kind of build up and train. And and it also reminded me of listening to Mitchell Messenbrink talk about like that's what he gets to do right now. And he he's yeah. He's excited about like building his workouts and thinking about wrestling on the senior level instead of college folk style. So I was curious, Ben, for you, if you were going to create a, a calendar, a training calendar year round for an elite high school athlete, and, and it didn't have to depend on a scholastic calendar, yeah. um, what would that look like? Would you <laughs> would you keep these guys in folk style in January and February, or would you you know get them as much elite competition in October, November, December, and folk style, and, and shift early to freestyle. Yeah, uh, I mean, good question. I, I think the I think the folk style season and freestyle season in high school are uh, relatively similar. I mean, we got March, April, May, June, July. Uh, March, April, May, June, July. Yeah, five months. I thought five months, and then cut my fingers wrong. <laughs> um, five months of freestyle, essentially. Um, you know, which is roughly half the year. You're one month under half. Um, I think that's kind of fine. Uh, it's obviously, I think college freestyle seasons are really short, right? Because they don't really start training until April, and then generally they're done in uh, U23s, which is the first weekend in June. So their their freestyle seasons are two months. Um, high school, I think we're generally around five months. I think that's fine. Um, you know, for us in Wisconsin, and since we're getting better, it, it is happening more frequently, but just for our very, very best kids not getting enough really good matches because – there are some travel restrictions and we don't have the huge uh, Doc B or Ironman or, or Powerade, th- those type of things. Um, and I don't even really care what style it is in freestyle or folk style, but just competing against other really, really high level guys. I mean, I said, because there's more kids in Wisconsin, it's starting to happen more frequently, but um, it, that, that would be cut the thing that I want. And I don't really care if it's freestyle or folk style. And I, I don't know that, and I guess we we can just go look at the results in a few months, but I don't think a few of those people switching to freestyle any earlier is that huge of an advantage. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it's a huge advantage, but I, I do think it's like, man, if you look at Bishop McCourt in particular, because they, because they mm-hmm. do get to compete like in the regular season, but then they don't compete in the postseason. that they got to compete in not only super 32, but also Ironman, um, you know, other really good in, you know, Powerade, other really good in, in season tournaments. And so the Valiant didn't, that's the tough thing for them, but, but uh, Bishop McCourt did. And so they, to me, they got like kind of the best of both worlds. They got, they got multiple tournaments that are harder than a state tournament would be even PIAA, which is a really good state tournament. They got multiple tournaments that are better than that. Um, And then, you know, you're, you're done at the holidays. You get to like refresh and reset. And it sounds like a actually, kind of a cool training cycle. I, I think it would it would also allow Super 32 to feel less like this thing you're adding on in the preseason. It just shifts your break from maybe from from like 
fall, late summer, early fall to, to like January and, and, uh, you know, that, yeah. and, and not necessarily a break from training, but like from making weight, competing, all that. Yeah. And that's where I, so I think for us, our kids have stayed at the end of February and, uh, I mean, we, we'll probably try to get in only one competition before the UWW U17s for, for our very best kid, you know, for the kids who we want really challenging at that tournament, we'll probably try to have them wrestle one time. So, you know, they'll go, they'll go two months with one, one way in prior to that. Um, and that's a nice, nice, you know, place to train at. Um, so yeah, I think we get a little bit of that. And then obviously we take off after Fargo, a lot of our guys are still super 32, but they don't do a ton of other fall stuff. Gotcha. Yeah. Hey, so why do you, uh, I saw on, on the dock, you know, it says all these guys are either injured or inactive. Are these guys choosing not to wrestle during the high school season? Is that what you're saying? Or like, uh, you kind of have a big list here. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of different, a lot of guys are in different situations, but it's, it's so many guys that are in the top, like one or two that, that are either hurt or, or not wrestling. And it's just, uh, man, it's been a, it's been a weird thing this year. And, and, um, it happens every year to a certain extent, but yeah, right now, I mean, so Mason Gibson's injured. Uh, Tyler Kasich is now wrestling at the Nittany Lion Wrestling Club. So he's taken oh, off really? his senior year. Yeah. So he's not wrestling in high school? Right. He's yep. on the Levi Haynes wow. plan. He's on the Levi Haynes plan. Meyer Shapiro's on the same plan, except for at Spartan Combat, RTC at Cornell instead of, um, you know, instead of MPA. But he's, so he's been out. Uh, PJ Duke's hurt. Zach Ryder's hurt. The you know, Cody and his brother, Kobe Merrill, haven't wrestled yet. I, I think they still may. Christian Carroll's been out. Um, it, Is yeah, Christian Carroll hurt or just choosing not to compete like the other guys? Uh, I, from what I understand, he's not hurt. He's he's um, he's not competing right now. Okay. So that's a lot of very highly ranked or, you know, they're, they're out of the rankings mm-hmm. now, but like the, the best guys. It's it's an interesting thing. I wonder, I, I don't know. I, I don't know exactly what to make of it. Is it a... Is it a trend? Do you remember a time like this, Ben, where it was this many guys that were out? Um, well, obviously, didn't you have like uh, Kyle Snyder, Aaron Brooks, like a few guys like that? They all skipped their senior years. I know there's probably a few more that I'm, I'm forgetting about. Um, I mean, it is it is a funny thing because if you get to that that level that those guys are at, and you know, I think some of these guys are maybe close. They're not on the Aaron Brooks, Kyle Snyder level, but they're getting let's say relatively close to that level. Like they're really good kids. Yeah. Um, you know, it, you're not going to get a lot of competition on your high school schedule, especially if you're not on a, you know, Blair Wyoming Sam, you know, one of those really, really, really good teams. So it is like kind of a little bit. What, why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. You know, is it just for the high school experience and you started high school with these guys and you probably grew up with these guys and you just want to finish with these guys um, versus, Maybe can I be getting a little better practices? Uh, you know, if I go train at the college, I think that's probably probably the the argument. Um, and I, I said this yesterday, like I don't know, like finish your high school experience, and obviously you could probably go train on the side a little bit at whatever college you're at without being there full time. And then, you know, after your high school season, if you want to do virtual and go there full time, I think that that's fine. But I would probably lean towards like, hey man, just finish your finish your high school career. Like you only got one of them. You're almost done. Like. That, I mean, like that's kind of like the Thompson thing. Like, he's got maybe maybe six weeks, but maybe not even six weeks till the state tournament. Like, yeah, are you changing high schools with five five or six weeks left in your high school's career? Like, uh, it just feels strange. Yeah, it does feel it does feel odd. I mean, I think there, I think there is a 
an element of if we're talking about Braden Thompson specifically, I think there is an element of um, there's some real excitement around that. Not just like being at being able to you know train with the RTC once the season's over, but the Stillwater program as you know an unofficial kind of extension of the of the college program because like these the level of athletes in that room uh it, it feels like an rtc a, a high school aged rtc probably just going to that that stillwater yeah. room um so i yeah. i don't know I, I think that is part of the part of the appeal is not just like getting to to be um to be down there for for the six weeks but getting to be around that that level of excellence and and um that level of like yeah. guys that are performing at that kind of level um, I know that there are a lot of people locally in Stillwater that care a lot about it. And I think that that probably rubs off when those families are having yeah. those conversations. So, I mean, that's what was then. If you really felt that way, why wouldn't you have moved, moved earlier? Because he moved from, uh, he was definitely somewhere else before Lockport, right? Yeah. He was at Montini, right? Montini. Yeah. He was Montini. Yes. Yes. Montini. So like, why wouldn't you, I guess, why wouldn't you have gone then type of thing? I don't know. That's Yeah. Anyway, I mean, let's not make it about him because I, you know, my my initial comment was about um, these seniors leaving their, um, you know, their high school programs to go train at an RTC. I don't, I don't hate it, but part of me just says like, finish your high school career. Um, I mean, I guess maybe they have nobody to practice with and no good coaches. Maybe that's the case. I, I don't really know for sure, uh, but they must have a decent coach to give them to kind of the level where they are. I, yeah. I would guess. I'm not yeah. certain. I, yeah, it's it's an interesting thing because when when kids are considering this, I mean, you brought up Kyle Snyder and Aaron Brooks. Um, think about Levi Haynes last year, who trained at the Nittany Line Wrestling Club, and and his progress this year has been good. But obviously, we'll wait and see how his season ends up. But I think if kids are considering it, they they don't have to look very far before before somebody can make a pretty compelling argument to them that that it might be the right thing to do. But you can also yeah. look at most kids who just stick with the normal path and also, you know, yes. you look at most of who, who are all, you know, the 80 all Americans, probably most of them went the traditional path. So, yes, I don't know, but yeah, it is interesting. I, I don't know. I hope we see some of these guys return to action. Um, the, the, the freestyle season is kind of, the, I think where some of these, where we're going to see some of these guys again, and that's when they'll be back in the rankings. And uh, I don't know. It's just seems like it's, it's kids care about that more right now than, Maybe they have in the past. Yeah, I mean, to me, the I mean, and just this is from what I'm hearing from kids. To me, and I think this is a flow thing because this wasn't a thing. Uh, maybe a decade ago, it wasn't really a thing. But I think the biggest thing, um, the biggest thing from them is making a world team, mm-hmm. for sure. And that wasn't that definitely wasn't the case uh, a while ago. I feel like that's still just the case for your top yeah, I'm, yeah less than 10 percent of the, the pinnacle yeah, of high school stuff. yeah your top four four percent max of high school wrestlers yeah because like yeah what were you thinking about in high school state titles <clears throat> yeah i mean uh, I, I thought about fargo too fargo, fargo was a fargo big deal was a big one yeah mm-hmm. um growing up in iowa it definitely wasn't well teams i also knew i'm not making a world <laughs> yeah um yeah yeah i mean i was i was like 
state title. That was that was huge. Fargo was like, okay, I'll, I get to, I'll, I can go there, hopefully win a few matches and see some high level competition. But I didn't, I never, fully, you know, a lot like kids in our area at the time. Like I think Colorado. I think you know we, we would maybe pull, you know, get two or three kids like placing at all in, in right. Fargo at the time. Yeah. And so it was yeah. like, it was like go, you know, the, the biggest thing was was can you win a state title? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yeah. So you said, no, I, I, I mean, I, sorry, I guess um, to to clarify what I meant there, I meant you know you were talking about these guys that are ones and twos sitting out, mm-hmm. and so I was talking about that that type of kid because yes, there's uh there's going right. to be ten cadet world team members. That's uh that's right. pretty few and far between. So, but for those very best, you know, for an Aiden Sinclair, um, or uh, Mitchell Besson's out of high school, but last last year I know that was something he was really thinking about. Um, for King O'Toole, that's what he was really thinking about his senior year. Yeah, for, so for the for guys that a state kid. title is basically a foregone conclusion, just another yeah. yep. check the box, go beat, go bonus point some guy in the finals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Those guys are now have moved on even past Fargo to think about world teams, which, which is Which I think is really a little cool. bit – I don't want to say a little bit sad, um, but um, – it, yeah, it's a little bit sad that they like they overlook something where it's like kind of just enjoy the moment, enjoy what you're in, and I don't take it for granted that you're this good. Go win your high. This is maybe is me being old fuddy daddy guy. Uh, you know, go win your high school state title or whatever, whatever it is you're doing, and then also do those other things. Don't be like, oh, I'm too good for that. I, I don't, I don't like that type of behavior. It, yeah. it, Mitchell actually had a, a similar um, viewpoint. He was talking about on the Bader show, to where he's like, I try not to look too far ahead in advance, yeah. you know, like at, oh, cause you know, Bader asked if he thinks about like Olympic cycles and he goes, eh, you know, mm-hmm. I kind of just, Hey, I'm Cuba's next. Uh, that's what I'm thinking about. I'm turning towards that. And then, and then we'll move on from there. He's like, obviously, you know, you, you dream about and you visualize and you think about those, those big uh, pinnacle events too. But yeah, when it comes to just yeah. training and focusing, that's what he's thinking about. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Cause that's These I mean, guys... that, right. That's, Kind of that mix of the things that are way out there in the future and distant, and the you know the big overarching goal with also the um, I'm locked in on what's next week or the week after or the week after that, and that just constant you're you're the whole time you're trying to get better. Like just because the state tournament maybe is not that much of a challenge doesn't mean you can try not try to be a better wrestler. Just try to be a better wrestler constantly. And if you keep getting a little bit better, a little bit better all the time. Then when you when you get to those moments where you're doing that really really big thing, you're going to be prepared prepared for it. These guys don't know that they're they're missing out on the opportunity to troll people online and and uh, and in person <laughs> like like you did, Ben. With your uh, eyes. <laughs> that's funny. Imagine if you had missed out on that opportunity. To, would you have like a briefcase? In a, in that a... was my sophomore. Year. That was that, okay. That was my senior. Year. My sophomore year was when I started trolling people online, though. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I continued obviously into my senior year. Glaring lack of message boards for these for these young guys to go on to. They don't know about that message boards, but they got social media. It's so <laughs> yeah. much easier. Yeah. yeah, they got it all. Now you said we might not see a lot of these guys until freestyle season, but the remaining two months of the high school folk style season, what are you kind of looking forward to the most and what can we look forward Wait. to? What What's some events and matches we should tune into? Okay, well, this weekend is is a huge one. Um, Anthony Knox, Mark Anthony McGowan going Ooh, down at Escape the Rock. That, that Escape the, the Rock has a bunch Knox, of good ones. Knox but, is going up then? So Knox has been wrestling 120 
for, for the high school season. So that's where he is right now. McGowan's coming down and actually Blair oh. is, yeah, Blair is kind of shifting down. So Leo DeLuca is going down to 113. And Whoa! Yeah, McGowan's... why? Why, why are they dropping all these guys down a weight? It seems that seems like a lot of weight to cut for those dudes. Yeah, um, I don't know. I don't know for sure why. Uh, it might be that that a lot of times the tournaments in the second half of the of the season you get a couple pounds and and so it makes it a little bit less of a cut. But McGowan is making twenty six, so if he's now making twenty two, okay. it's not it's not crazy. Not that um, not that far, but for Deluca, it's it's definitely more of a cut. Um, so I don't know. I don't know how how bad that'll. How tough that'll be for him, but I'm really excited about that match. That's a that's a match that I think is like that's a must watch match. Everybody's gonna want to tune in because it's guys that I don't know that I really thought about that match happening until I saw him in the preseeds. Like I just thought, you know, McGowan's been up at 26 and Knox at at Super 32 is down at 13. It's like I don't know, just don't think about it. But yeah, I think it's gonna. Now, this is if one of our favorite wrestlers, Zach Jack, yes. doesn't spoil this. Yeah, good point. And we cannot put the cart before the horse because because uh, Knox is actually the three seed in the tournament because yeah. Zach Jack Russo beat him last year at this very tournament. And so don't count out Zach Jack Russo, um, who is, uh, I believe, a George Mason commit. Yes, he is. And uh, and so, yeah, he, Zach Jack Russo, he's a, he's a PIAA champ. He's got the title. He's uh, he, <laughs> You got to watch him. He's one of those, like... Um, Musakayev level. He is the Musakayev of PIAA wrestling. Yeah. Wait, which oh. one? Zach, Zach Jack, Jack Russo. Russo. No, you know it's him? that. Um, it's the. Uh, uh, what are the two brothers that one of my guys was wrestling him, and then both of them were faking injuries on them? Okay, they got multiple Zach Jacks, <laughs> or they got multiple uh, Musakayevs. The Williams, the Williams, the skinny brothers. and blonde. The Williams brothers, Caden and Camden. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Very skilled. Not great gas tanks. And and Jack Russo similar situation is similar, but he's 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 <laughs> like Jack Russo is tough because he's like he's pretty tactical with it. He's not just gonna call injury time for like. I mean, he's beaten Anthony Knox in the past. So right? I'm saying he beat yeah. him last year. Yeah. He beat him at this tournament, and that so that's gonna be a, a probable semifinal. Um, so I'm not yeah. Don't count him out. Don't count him out. But uh, you would imagine Knox will, will um, have the advantage in the rematch, but he didn't get it done last time. So we'll see. Anyway, I hope we see. Knox McGowan and Knox Zack Jack. Those are all great, all great matches. Um, yeah, those are all kind of some names I think we've heard in the past. But who who are some guys that have gotten on your radar this first half at the season, whether it be at one of the big tournaments like Iron Man or Powerade or Beast or or anything really? Who who are some guys that have really made a name for themselves this season so far? Um, well, man, Ben's guys keep keep uh, keep popping on. They're doing good. We're trying, even though we um, can't travel that much. We're we're trying. Yeah, yeah. So th- there's some good guys there for sure. Uh, but pr- probably the guy that's that's had the best year in terms of like kind of coming on. Um, EJ Parco, Kyle Parco's brother. He he last year was was good in California. Yeah, he I never heard of this guy. What happened? Where did he come from? Yeah, he hasn't competed a lot on like the national level, but. Um, but he's he's wrestling great right now, and 145 is a really weird weight class. That's where that's where he competes. But because um, couple there were a couple guys that were you know at the, well when you think about who's number one, it was it was Tyler Kasich and Bo Mantanona. and Mantanona's yeah. moved up. Kasich is is inactive right now, 
And so it's it was a weight that was really kind of looking for a number one. Then Maximus Martinez, who's now at Gilroy, used to be St. John Bosco. Yeah. He had not been competing for a while, but he he actually went to to the PNL event and beat Coy Biskins, who's super good NC yep. State commit from Minnesota. That was a good match. So then Martinez moved up really high, and then Parco beat Martinez at Reno, and and that's kind of what popped him on. He just won um, Doc B as well, so he's been looking really good in California. Uh, and uh, he's a junior and went from somebody that probably people were recruiting because his, you know, his brother's good and he's, he's been good. He's like placed in California, but now I mean, he's, he's number one right now, which is a weird thing. It's a bizarre, <laughs> it's a very weird thing that he's number one. Um, um, Hey, so Ryder and Duke, did you say that they're, they're just foregoing to train freestyle? Is that what you said? No, they're hurt. They're both hurt. Oh, they're hurt. Okay. Got it. Yep. Dang. Yeah, so Parko's been been one guy that like he's he's come on. There, I mean, there's a ton of guys that have have done that though. Um, I don't know Weston Dalton from Colorado, Ty Ice from Colorado. Those two are are both really good. Cannon and um, that's, that's quite Clark had a really good match last week. Cannon and Block. He said no Clark. Oh 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 yeah, oh, Brandon Cannon. Grayson. It was like a. Was it five four or four three? Yeah. They, they, so obviously it was at Grayson's home high school, so they made that the last match of the the Cheesehead. Yes. Um, and it was it was a good match. Didn't disappoint. Yeah, Brandon Cannon also. I mean, he's 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 not yeah. uh, brand new to to people's you know perception, but he's back. And we've I think we talked about him after um after yeah. he you know he's he's had just an awesome year, but super crazy story uh if i think people probably are familiar by now but uh had, had a tumor that was like super scary you know threatening and he at iron man he was he made it to the finals he beat nasir bailey vince buzakis hunter mason um all all great and so he climbed way up yeah. the rankings i and then that was the question like cheesehead grayson clark it's a, a top 10 matchup like how's he gonna look and and that's great i'm glad that that brandon cannon has had those opportunities to kind of to prove himself because yeah. it's a great story absolutely yeah all right well any more high school questions well you ben, I... one other thing too um that you asked about like what what should we be looking forward to we don't know the all the pittsburgh wrestling classic matchups yet but that is a great event. A fun event and what i really hope we see is um i hope we see a, a rematch uh, at, at 170 Who's number one rematch? Rocco Welsh, Josh Barr. I would love to see those guys Ooh, wrestle again. But isn't Barr been up at eighty two this year? He has, but I still think they should try to make that make that match happen. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Why not? I mean, that's the match. If he if he can get any match, that'd be the one. Dang, there's like no PA kids ranked at uh one eight one eighty two. The yeah, they need to bump uh Welsh up because their best guy at one eighty two is number fourteen ranked. Mm-hmm. Pennsylvania goes from, and I don't know what PWC is going to do weight class wise. Last year they used the national weights because it then allows them to get an extra guy in. But um, mm. at, so they, for them it goes one seventy two, one eighty nine. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, I think Bar Bar's probably been wrestling up because he's really good and it helps the team also. Yeah, I bet yeah. that's true. Cool. Hey, uh, can it, I ask you guys a question about this? this is a small semantics question, but on some people, um, I'm looking at Andrew Christie, Andrew Christie, number 14 and 160. You have him listed as the college's army, uh, but then some places, 
you have Army West Point. So, I mean, just clarification, that's they're all the same going place. to Army West. <laughs> okay. That's just it. But, yeah. you know, because they that's could go military route also, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yes. No, that's West Point. That's West Point. Okay. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. The other – because Army West Point kind of has a lot of guys in the rankings uh, that they recruited, so they, they must be doing a good job. Kevin yeah. Ward crushing it up there. Uh, the other guy you didn't mention that has not been competing this year is Nate Jezaroga. He oh, yes. On your... Yes, good point. I didn't even put him on the list. Yeah, he hasn't he hasn't wrestled um, since since who's number one. Yeah. So – I, and I was really hoping, I mean, I, yeah, obviously people love to watch him compete. He's one of those guys that pretty much only competes at like a championship level. And so, you know, like if he's in the tournament, there's a pretty good chance he's going to be in the finals. Um, yeah. It would have been awesome. I, I was, as soon as, you know, as soon as you start looking at the calendar, it's like, man, Cheesehead, you, you could have had Davino and Jezaroga would have been great. But unfortunately, man, Davino beat down everyone we had some good really good like for, good for wisconsin kids yeah you know i think number one ranked and stuff uh i don't want to misrepresent what the scores were so i feel like i should go look at it but uh he gave him the business <laughs> that guy uh-huh. that guy like when he was you know u15s and and like kind of coming up you you knew he had the the pace and the tank and like those things and he's he's just seems like he's worked so much on skill development in the last couple of years and but he hasn't lost that that like tenacity to score and and he's just yeah. like yeah he's getting really good yeah he beat a really good kid from wisconsin 25 10 in the semis and then um logan swenson who eh, logan swenson beat thomas barrett who i know people think highly of um and then he beat him 10-3 in the semi or sorry in the finals yeah it's that's good. So he was pretty impressive. He's had some great opponents this year too, and he's just he just has kept winning. Because um, he beat McGowan twice, beat Max Gallagher, mm-hmm. uh, beat yep. Logan Frazier. All those were at Ironman. Beat Mason Gibson, Braden Davis. I mean, he's he's had he's had like plenty of tests, and he's been passing them all. Yes. Yeah, pretty impressive. All right, nine oh four. We've got a bunch of questions, so oh baby, question super show. Let's uh, let's start with some voicemails. Um, I actually don't remember exactly what all these were asked. I put these in a while ago, so uh, let's just start with CJ from Indiana, Tyler. Hey, CJ from Indiana. I know you guys were looking for hot takes. Uh, well, I assume you still are. First thing is, I think high school folk style should have college out of bounds and the neutral danger zone. Uh, and I'm curious what Ben thinks about that. And second hot take is that we could do a dual team champion and a tournament team champion if the NCAA stopped wasting money on things like the Johnson & Johnson Talcum Powder Bowl and the Louisiana Pig <laughs> Roast Bowl. It's, we have umpteen bowl games that no one watches but we can't do a dual team champion and a tournament team champion uh thanks guys have a great day well i hold on so i feel like they do all do all these stupid bowls because they make money and but i don't know football so you guys maybe tell me if i'm wrong there well they they'll have sponsors that pay for the bowl the ncaa isn't paying yeah also a lot of people watch these bowls especially compared to uh wrestling events 
Yeah, I think uh, yeah. that's that that part. Um, unfortunately, CJ, he uh, he's he's missing the point that like also the NCAA uh, Johnson and Johnson Bowl. That's Johnson and Johnson money being infused into those programs in the NCAA. Now, what he what he needs to do is he needs to embezzle that Johnson and Johnson money, pay for a wrestling championship. Get second big pharma. pharma. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Johnson, Johnson, the Johnson and Johnson, Johnson, Johnson dual tournament championship. Yeah. Also, like, like we said company. yesterday, can we, can we get a more non-evil company to be the champion? Uh, Chips. <laughs> Sponsor. Money's money. Maybe this is maybe this is their first step towards being a, a good company. I don't know. Uh, also, like we said yesterday, it's not the NCA that decides this. It's the coaches have voted. Mm-hmm. Um, make make the vote. It, no one at the NCA is like NCA. I don't even know NCA committee is going. Wow, we really should not have a, a dual championship. They're not even thinking about. Wrestling, I hate to break it, yeah, to everybody, yeah. But um, um but what do you think about um? First, I think everybody first question, agrees. Any tournament I participate in or run, I I try to make it college out of bounds. It's so much better. High school out of bounds are so dumb. It's just because they have little events. Yeah, but usually they don't for the most important matches. Like, yeah, they they yeah. may have they may have like they may have um small mats for, for tournaments and maybe they don't have enough space in between. And then like, you could just tell your refs to use their discretion and make an announcement to the athletes that, that day that, Hey, some of this stuff, if you're getting close to another set of wrestlers, we may stop the action. I'm sorry. That's just part of it. And that's, that's fine. But, but yeah, I mean the most important tournaments, like their state tournament or their, you know, whatever, like they have, their mats are plenty big. They're the same. I mean, they're, you know, they're the same basic mats that you're going to use at, at, on a college I don't know, maybe not exactly, but pretty close. And so I think I don't yeah. think it's that hard to change it. I mean, I think the reason it is that way is because of smaller mats and it becomes a, a quote, safety issue, unquote, mm-hmm. with kids going on the hard floor and you can't just tell every high school in the country to, hey, get new mats. New mats are expensive, um, yeah. especially for smaller high schools. So I, I think that's by and large where the issue lies. And you want to have a set standard mm-hmm. of rules yeah um the neutral danger piece that, that he brought up like uh I don't know about that, that one is easier hard. to implement well a lot of but the it's school... so hard because you got to have good really good high level referees that's and the it's problem. tricky and that's the problem to the kids who are new to wrestling i don't know if you could if you could get that rule like to, to happen and and happen in the best way and you had all the right refs and everything like that I think it would be great because it, I mean, high school, some high school scramblers completely like wrestle differently than they're going to eventually have to in college because there's no neutral danger and they're totally cool chilling on their backs for forever. Um, so I I, would, say, I don't think, uh, I mean, I think what we've seen, um, what, I'm going to kind of disagree a little bit because I think what we've seen with uh, neutral danger is we haven't seen that much. It's not hard. Like when you're in a crotch lock, just roll your shoulder over a little more. So you're not past 90 or yeah. a few of these other positions every once in a while you see it, but it's not like, I think some people thought it was going to be on every scramble. Right. And it's, that's just not the case. It's once in a while that it's effective. Um, but it's not like every single time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's not every time, but it, it happens like it happens enough in high, high enough profile matches at the high school level that you're like, man, that's not going to, that's just not going to pay off for you in the long run. Hmm. Yeah. I don't, I don't feel like it'd be a total change in the style. Just a small uh, adjustment. 
Tyler's putting some info right now. Just for fact, the 2021 Myrtle Beach Bowl, the lowest ranked bowl of the season, it was Old Dominion versus Tulsa at 990,000 viewers. That is quite a bit higher than the highest NCAA championship wrestling championships. Yeah, actually, just ever. uh, uh, well, um, Nomad actually sent me on Twitter because I'm on Tools. The Penn State Iowa, I think, got three hundred seventy thousand viewers on Big Ten Network. Yeah, so that would be two X almost. Son of a gun! Dare to dream. We may one day or reach. Three X. We may we may one one day reach Myrtle Beach bull status. Damn it all! And then and then you get the uh, then you get Big Pharma coming in to give you the big money. Yeah. Oh no! I don't want. I don't want their damn money. <laughs> Let's take Myrtle Beach's money. That's fine. I'll take that. We'll take Myrtle Beach's money. Seemingly like a nice place. Nice people. All right. Rocks from Dallas uh, has a suggestion for Spencer Lee. What's up, Flo fam? It's uh, Hawks from the Rocks from Dallas. Got a question for you. After the weekend, you know, we've got so many nice guys in college wrestling. What would it hurt if we turned Spencer Lee heel? And you all know I'm a Hawkeye. <laughs> I'm in on it. RBY, everyone loves. Yanni, everyone loves. Keegan O'Toole, Babyface, everyone loves him. Like, we need a good bad guy. Sirachi kind of gets it done, but not really. Why not make Spencer Lee the new Brett Metcalf, make him the most hated man walking in the NCAA as he walks away with his fourth NCAA title? Just your thoughts. Love you guys. Later. I like it. Spencer We've got a WWE Hill? fan in the house. I, you know what? I'm going to go a step further. If I was writing the scripts... I would I would make a um, D Generation X of uh, college wrestlers, and we'd just make a team of bad guys, and that people could cheer against. It would be they awesome. Just tell everybody to suck it constantly. <laughs> yeah, we. I think I think you go Starocky, uh, and then you know because everyone hates Penn State a little bit, so you need Starocky. Maybe get Kirkfleet in there, and then you throw Spencer Lee in the mix too, and then it's like, whoa, we got Iowa and Penn State guys. What's going on here? I'm not really sure. And then I don't know who the fourth member is going to be. I got I got three of the four. It's going to be awesome. Who should our fourth member of Degeneration X be? Let's see. I, I I think we get Austin Gomez in the mix, maybe. Oh, that'd be good. I think he'd be good. He kind of likes to play nice. the crowd. Yeah. A bit too. Yeah. 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 Or Jimmy Gomez. Or you go those three, and then all of a sudden, like add and see it at. It would have to be, I guess, like Big Ten. Oh, Gable. By God, that's Gable Stevenson's music. Oh, <laughs> yeah. There we go. Gable Stevenson's music comes And you start on. the Stone Cold it. music, and he comes out. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> what would what, yeah? What would Spencer even have to do to be to be considered a heel? I, I feel like it's he's so far off. He's, yeah, no. He's too nice. No, we talked about it a the few, other day. Dude, you just got to say a couple things. It ain't that Especially hard. in an Iowa singlet. Yeah, yeah. cut a promo. They're, they are so um, decisive. It's like. They have so many just diehard fans yeah. who will love them no matter what and go crazy for them. But if you're not on that end, yeah. all the other fans pretty much hate them. <laughs> Man, I'll never yeah. forget like 2010 NCAAs when Iowa had such a good team. That's what it was like. It was like, oh, I was gonna the... say when, when I thought you were gonna say when Metcalf pushed Caldwell and everyone went nuts. Well, that was that was uh, that was 2010 or was it 2011? I no, it was nine. That was nine. Nine. 2009. Yes. Yeah, Metcalf beat Lance Palmer in 2010. But um, yeah. but it was but the whole I mean it was in Omaha so it was plenty close to Iowa fans and it was just it was literally it was like either you were for Iowa or you were against Iowa that was the whole yeah. the whole thing it was crazy it, yeah it's I, like I feel atmosphere. like um, <laughs> it was 
I feel like uh, I feel like Starocky wants to be a bad guy already. So that yeah. that'd be easy one. Let him do it. Yeah. Yep. That's great. I mean, I don't know. Mesenbrink talk is talking about the people he wants to crush. <laughs> he could be. He could definitely be a bad guy. He's. We've worked on his um, temper during matches. Uh, <laughs> really? Much better. Oh yeah, dude. I want to see. I want to see him become a bad guy. I'll talk to him. See if he can be a bad guy. Yeah, he said. He said that uh, that it's been an interesting process because he's not. He's not in the portal yet, so he has to. Is to wait, but everybody wants to talk. They can't talk to him. Yeah, so they're well, like, that's the whole point. Is that we didn't want. Uh, I didn't. We didn't want him to have to deal with it for months, right? Because yeah. if he would have transferred at semester, he wouldn't be eligible till next year. So, kind of, what's the point? A little right. bit, and then you also have to rush your decision, and you can't really take your time and do visits and talk to people. But if you do it right now, it's like okay, well, you have a couple months till you can really even make like a real decision. So now you got to do all, you know, college coaches are going to be calling every single week. Right. And you got to deal with that shit. So it's like, okay, let's just put this off for a while. So they can't even call you. And then, you know, when you're ready to like do this thing, then you can go do this thing and and then get it done. But the, but the loophole, it sounds like, you know, from, from the show is like, everyone's calling everyone around him, which is fine. That's, that's not, there's nothing, nobody's breaking any rules mm-hmm. doing that. And then he's like he's playing telephone. What's that? I mean, I'm sure you're no, involved. No, not that. real. Like, I mean, I've told them all, he'll talk to you guys in March. Like yeah. He, yeah. Okay. Him, I'll call you when he decides to go on the portal. Let him call you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think, cause I think, you know what I'm saying? Do you know what I'm saying about like, I, and this is one of the things where high school kids get a little bit overwhelmed. And honestly, I pushed them like, like a Sinclair, I pushed him to make a decision because if a college coach is recruiting you, they feel obligated to call you every single week. Yep. Right. And if you have five or six or seven coaches calling you every single week and they want to talk to you and they want to make you feel special, you're spending hours every week on the phone. Yep. And it's like, no, you already talked to these guys 10 times. Like, probably, and probably more than that, right? Cause they can start calling, uh, they can start calling after your sophomore year. Yeah. So by the time you get to your junior fall, I mean, that's been a year, yeah. right? So you've probably talked. Ted is probably a significant underestimate of how many times that they've talked to these college coaches on the phone. And then the college coaches can text them all the time. It's just like, dude, it's just, it's too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. When, when, uh, when March gets here, how, how, um, how do you think he's going to approach that process? Like you know pace, what? I was actually just, <laughs> I just thought about it now. Cause I think it's like, March nine, but then that's obviously a terrible time for the college coaches because they're mm-hmm. prepping for the NCAs, you know. Um, and after that, he's going to want to be. He's not going to want to do any visits because he's going to have the U.S. Open um, coming up at the end of uh, at the end of March. Uh, sorry, at the end of April will be the U.S. Open for him, so he's not really going to want to take visits in April. I don't know. We'll have to make a plan. I'll be curious. We'll be yeah. following. Let's get to oh, oh wait, hold on. You know who the chat is killing it. You know who the ultimate D Generation X character would be. Oh, right. you already know. Oh, AJ. AJ Ferrari's music comes on. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's ultimate. Yeah, no question. <laughs> that's that was it. That was too easy. Yeah. Big that was now. too easy. How do we not think of that one? I guess because he's not actually wrestling. And then he comes back he makes his appearance. Um, and a Hawkeye singlet. Oh my! 
then really a lot of people would hate him. Could you imagine? That yeah, would be, be yeah, that would be wild. Could you, yeah. I mean, they need him at, uh, I guess, well, Warren's struggling a little bit, but they, they kind of have a good um, 184, or sorry, 197, so they don't need him there necessarily. Mm-hmm. After this year, maybe. Yeah, definitely possible. All right, let's get to Smiley's voicemail. JD, Ben, CP, maybe Shane. I don't know if you're there, David Brett. Smiley <laughs> from Stevens Point. I got a question, comment, concern. I don't know what it is. All right. I see a lot of people complain about stall calls on leg riders, whether it be with two boots in or a figure four, whatever it may be. Someone's commenting on the scuffle about it. I don't want to hear it. All right. So hear me out. If someone gets to the point, where they've got two boots in on top, and the bottom guy has his elbows against his rib cage, his hands next to his ears, and he's falling up. How is that the top man's fault that the position isn't getting any further? Isn't the onus supposed to be on the bottom man to score? That's what I'm thinking. I don't know. If you're not actively working to score from top, say you've just got a power half and you're hanging on it or whatever it might be, I get that. Maybe reset it or even hit the top man for stalling, especially if it's happened a couple times. But if you get the two boots in and the bottom guy's just going to ball uh, up and you want to hit the top this man goes for on stalling for like two while minutes, so on I think, I think right, we get the him. gist of it. Uh, Steven's point is Wisconsin, nice Wisconsin guy. I think this is kind of the, uh, like you were talking about the other day with the stalemate stall call. Yeah, I think it's exactly that. Because, I mean, if the bottom guy is actually doing what he was describing, um, it does. It does seem as the bottom guy would most likely get called for stalling. At least in the wrestling, I'm watching. The bottom guys doing this. They're probably getting called for stalling. Yeah, you can't turtle. Yeah. You can't at least got to build up to a base. Yeah. So I don't know what Smiley's talking about, um, but yeah, I mean, I think I think the situation we described the other day it is kind of a tough one, and I think uh, the what we said would be a, a good solution to that. Um. We had a an issue actually with with the voicemail. I'm trying to get it fixed. We might not have voicemails oh. for a while, but the last one I listened to, I wasn't able to transfer it um, over. I don't remember who it was that called, and it was pretty. It was a good voicemail, but they said they they had to take that Ohio State is the worst team in the country at developing talent. They get all these big recruits, but they don't develop them. They don't get production out of them. But I kind of I wanted to push back on it because um, that's. Just not true. Um, so I, I went- want the quant division. I want the quant division to get on this, JD. I think this is so simple. Can can you just help me with this, JD, real quick? Okay. Okay, it's Explain really simple. It. You guys have either a top 100 or top 150 recruits, right? Mm-hmm. And if they're not in that, then you can label them as 151 or whatever, right? A number below that. Um, okay, so you have a point value for the recruiting class. All right, where the where the people are starting going into the college. And then five years later, you can then re-rank all the people based on their NCAA placements or I mean probably and total NCAA team points score to be the most easy and fair way to do it. Yep. And then you just see what happened. Like did they go up? Did they go down? Are they always up? Are they always down? Are they just somewhere in the middle? Like by chance? Like where are we at? I, I think it would be like ideal to have to have a um, a metric that included NCAA team points, but that also factored in like number of dual meets, like number of yeah. du- like dual meet points contributed during their career, number of dual meets started during their total career. wins maybe or something like that. 
total wins, but I, I do think like the dual meet component matters. Like there's going to be guys yeah. that get a lot of wins that don't, that don't start that much. Like, um, sure. Open tournaments or whatever. Really? Yeah. I don't I don't know, Bray. I feel like by, by you say maybe your first year or two, but by the time you're like in your three, four, five, if you're not a starter and you're older, you're not going to tons of open tournaments. Well, yeah, yeah, true. But I mean, I think like, I don't know, there's, there's a, like Colin Shriver is is not really the starter, but like he's he still does have a value that's different than other yeah. backups at other programs or or even other backups at Iowa. Like there's there is a value there, and so what? Yeah, I agree. I, I think that I think that should be like ideally it'd be great to have that, you know. But if he was just winning matches at opens, or if he was, um, you know, going to Midlands and winning matches, it's not really it's still not really adding value. Like what you want out of a recruit is that they're. They're winning and and scoring points for your team, and that can be both in a duel or but that's or in a, but now you're talking yeah. about value to the team versus just like how skillful is that athlete, right? Because if you have a ranking mm, of how yeah. skillful they are outcome at high school, and you know you're saying, uh, I I think place if you have say two guys in the bracket placing Midlands, I think that is a good reflection on your team, well, right? So I think I, it does add some team value, and it shows us, well, hey, you're actually really good. There's just a starter who's a little bit better than you. Yeah. Um, but if you did have the opportunity to start, you would probably do pretty well. I think when you're thinking about a big board, you're not trying to just evaluate the the skill, the skillfulness of the athletes on that list. You're trying to think about the value they are going to add to the team and and the you know the the points they're going to score for the team and the ways that they're going to make that team help that team accomplish its goals of of winning and stuff. So because like if you let's say you had you know the one and two in the, in the country on, on the big board were both heavyweights and they both were at the same team. And one of them started and the other one didn't like, even if number two was got just as skillful and just was still the second most skillful athlete. Um, you would still think that recruit was, I don't know, didn't have the value. Right. But I'm not, but, but I mean, to, to give it the, the, uh, the original question was how much do they develop them? Okay. Yeah, and point. so if you start yeah, yeah, yeah. at X point. point, right. If you start at, 54, um, and this is where it's like if they're a backup, they're probably actually not going to get that high, even if they're really good. But um, I'm sure there's some type of backup situation. I'm trying to rack my brain thing out. Like I'm kind of thinking of a Shakur and Kassar, but they obviously both started where the backup never ever gets a start, but then maybe he transfers and does really well somewhere else. I mean, a situation for us at Missouri would have been uh, Cerritos and Woodley. Uh, and yeah. Cerritos is the head coach at Cal Poly now. It was like he had all-American Burleson, Woodley, and Askren in front of him, and he couldn't start, and then he transferred somewhere else, and he was an All-American there, so, like, his last year. So he actually did develop while at Missouri, Yeah, wasn't able to crack the starting lineup, and then did well at the end, you know? That type yeah, of good thing. point. Good point. I mean, yeah, like a Berglund or, um, you know, guys like sure, that. Sure, yeah. It, there's a lot of development happening. That is a little bit harder yeah. to measure, but, okay, so maybe – all right. So, Maybe it is yeah, about I think total you guys, match wins. You guys, yeah, get some smart guys, sit down, and, and just kind of hash it out for an hour hour or two uh, and come up with the criteria, and then it should be all almost all a numbers game at that point. Um, and I, I think you could kind of come up with a solution. Um, I don't want to say relatively easy, but I, I definitely think you could come up with a solution. Um, from Ohio State standpoint, they definitely get a lot of really high-level recruits. Um, I mean – and I don't know why they haven't fixed this because it does seem like people have been kind of crapping on them about it forever. But they're, some of their dudes do stink on bottom, and they always stink on bottom, and they never get better. Not all of their guys, but some of their guys are just—they're just not good down there. Um, 
but it does feel like they've had a, a lot of guys like Ethan Smith. I know he was good, but didn't think he was great. And same with the Caleb Romero. And they're having mm-hmm. a lot of college success and they weren't. I don't think they were number ones. Don't maybe correct they me if I'm wrong on this. They were both top 50 on the big board. Okay, so they were really good. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But they're getting a lot of production out of them. So I went back yes, and kind of looked at some of their best recruits um, from the past decade, like each year. 2013, Nato and Bo Jordan. Both great, obviously. 14, Kyle Snyder, Micah Jordan, and Thomas Haynes. Thomas Haynes didn't really pan out, but you got more than enough production from the other yeah, two I mean, guys. That, that one class, that three class was so insane. Mm-hmm. 2015, two best, Miles Martin and Keyshawn Hayes. Didn't get, obviously, probably what they were looking at, Keyshawn Hayes, but you got a champ, multiple-time finalist in Miles Martin. 2016, yep. Luke Pletcher and Isaiah White. Um, Isaiah White didn't end up working out for him, but Isaiah Luke Isaiah White went to... I didn't realize he committed there. Wow. Mm-hmm. 2017. Okay. But he never went there, right? Because he went to – did he end up he at ended up Notre, Dame, Notre Dame first and then Nebraska. And then Nebraska. I don't, yeah, so. Yes, I don't even know if you can count him because I'm yeah. not sure if he ever even made it on campus. Uh, 2017, Chase Singletary was in there as well with Caleb Romero and Ethan Smith, and he even made the round of 12, and then he's had some bad injuries. That's another thing that would be hard to factor in too, and I don't know – how much you would ding a program or an individual for injuries, like a guy like Hunter Steber or Singletary that showed they, they might have been yeah. good, but just could not stay healthy. And is that, that that's, you know, a program's like that's a skill, fault? Uh, skill too, isn't it? The best ability is availability. Yeah, for real. I mean, like Penn State, for example, has done such a good job at keeping their guys healthy. And I think, yeah, there's absolutely value in that. Yeah, yeah. So I I think that kind of shows right there that Ohio State is by far not the worst program in the country at developing talent to do just fine. But I agree that it would be really cool to get a, a some kind of metric and and you know. Yes, it would be awesome. That. Okay, uh, let's get to some emails before we get to Twitter questions. We haven't done emails in a while from tad in ohio that house rig story is amazing three time d2 champ two time d1 champ what did you guys think about bringing back d2 champ getting uh aq into the d1 championship tourney um i personally do not care and i'm yeah gonna, uh, the, the house rig thing is freaking awesome it's so impressive it's cool uh i I think it'd be cool, but I'm already trying to cut out one qualifier because I think 33 is stupid. I, I agree. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't even be mad if it went down to something like 24, um, yeah. which it might um, it, it might go down. Speaking of which, reminding the NCAA like, Winter Transformation Committee or whatever is meeting as we speak, and they've got some pretty big changes coming. They've um, already announced. I don't want to talk too much on it until I've had some more time to really read up um, about it. And I know there's still a couple more days of meetings, but there could be some decently big changes coming to wrestling. Um, Wait, what? Tell us. Tell us more, JD. Uh, I know. I think they announced volunteer coaching might not be a position anymore. Um, wow, okay. Uh, there could be an effect on scholarships, um, potentially like no partial scholarships. In wrestling? Potentially. Um, like I said, yeah, I, I don't want to get too much into it until I've had more time to really read up on it and they finish these meetings, which go the next um, couple of days. And I know they were 
previously they were looking at maybe cutting back on the number of participants per total uh, for like national qualifying per percentage per total participant. And right now wrestling is super high with 33 of the total compared to you mean of the, the total sports. of the total participants who participate of in total teams yes thirty three conference championships yes um, so wow uh, my stance on the whole lower level guys getting into the D one tourney sure it, it's cool if it happens but at the same time it's like if you want to win a D one title go wrestle D one yeah. and also I mean I mean the other thing I would say is like be happy with what you're winning like yes. if you chose to go d2 and you're winning the pinnacle of what division two is that's freaking awesome congratulations be yeah. happy with that yeah yeah is there like how often like the hassle rig thing is cool how often would there... what was that the 70s or 80s probably like people love to quote that as an example i'm like yeah like how often would there be a story that like from the from somebody that came from another division that would make it like worth it like what would the lift be to wrestling overall and the eyeballs that it would add to the yeah. sport probably not very much i don't know um, it would, it would provide some cool individual stories which is why yeah if it were to have uh, not necessarily against it but uh yeah like do i care if it's the number one d2 and the number one d3 instead of the number 33 and 32 d1 like i don't care sure yes. whatever <laughs> whatever who do, like uh, correct who would you rather have like i don't yeah whatever doesn't matter yeah but uh, it's just not a, a topic I feel passionately about because those guys have pinnacles currently. And yes. Those and I mean, and I guess rules, the other so. thing to even add on to that is um, if they want to, they can go test themselves in the spring at the U.S. Open or they, the They can U20 go to CKLB. And, and certain guys do. Yeah. CKLB, yeah. They can go to CKLB in Midlands. You can get your – you can yeah. basically wrestle Division One type schedule on at a yeah. Division Two and Division Threes. We just saw – that uh, the was well, the Whitewater guy make the finals in Midlands. So Jared Shinoster, yep, yep. So that's cool. Uh, this guy asked for tiebreaker three, ultimate tiebreaker, tiebreaker right out. Would you rather take bottom as the traditional choice of strategy, or would you rather take top now? Um, that the double die pie is a trusted right out position. Ha <laughs> Um, man, we. It's, that's a dumb question. It's all based on the match. What happened? Did you guys both get away from each other? And right. the other one, did you both get ridden out? Have you got, did you get ridden out a lot in the third period? Like, man, if you could been get ridden, don't choose bottom. Simple. If you've been riding them, obviously, and if the riding time is tied, you've likely been riding them or not riding them. You should know what you want. Right. I would choose top and pin them. There you go. Team <laughs> points. Smart. Yeah, I'd be thinking about the team. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, if you really were thinking about team, you would reversal to the back and pin to get those extra match points as well. That's true. Good point. Oh Maybe I God. cut him a couple times and then pin him. <laughs> From Jackson, do you agree that there's an obvious bias for officials to favor Big Ten wrestlers and matchups against wrestlers from other conferences? Based on sheer numbers, there are far more officials out of Big Ten geography than anywhere else, which could explain why they would lean that way. You think the officiating will begin to sway non-Big Ten coaches away from traveling to tournaments like Midland Soldier Salute? For the record, I love Soldier Salute tournament and hope it continues every year. I think Midlands has lost Wait, a little bit. Who, lost did from someone actually say they love the Soldier Salute? Did that just happen? <laughs> yes. yes. Why would they love the Soldier Salute? Maybe they're a big Iowa fan. Bro, it's terrible. I mean, honestly, I saw, what I said about the scalpel yesterday where – it sucked because there wasn't that many super interesting matches because a lot of teams didn't participate. And we need to make more 
we need to make a decision with season where more the best guys participate can be said fivefold over I looked at soldiers scuffle brackets and I was like, oh, what good matches am I gonna watch here? Like I don't know. Like there I, I love watching wrestling. I love flipping a tournament on. There wasn't very many matches that were worth watching that tournament. I guess they just liked that. it because Iowa won question. everything. <laughs> yeah. Is that why they liked it? Probably, yeah. I don't know. Maybe they're, That's they're weird. a big Spencer That's Lee weird. Um, I don't know. Maybe they live in Corville, so they got to watch it live. I don't know. But uh, I do not personally think that there is a bias in officiating, not that I've noticed. Uh, you could maybe say to specific coaches that have you know, a large presence could weigh on officials more, but to to a conference, to because they're from a certain place, I do not think so. Yeah, like the idea that there are more – I, the idea that there are more uh, officials from Big Ten geography than anywhere else is like, well, Big Ten geography is also other conference geography. Like Iowa is Big Ten and Big Twelve, and there's more Big Twelve than there At is one Big point Ten. It's also Mac. Yeah, and and yeah, like like Pennsylvania, you know, there's Big Ten, but there's like there's Mac schools, EIWA schools. There's, I mean, it's just like I I just think it's a kind of a false premise. And I did hear, I heard some like complaints about this. I can't remember what event it was that there was some kind of bias. Like maybe it was Soldier Salute, a bias towards Iowa or something like that. I don't know. Like I don't know if there's well, any. The thing if, that is, but the thing that's already been proven that is um, that fact is, and they did do this with football, um, is that the officials do officiate to. Um, uh, appease the coaching staff. So I don't, sure. I don't know if I saw some football, but it's, I don't watch a lot of football anymore, but coaches and team can only go within a certain parameter, correct? Right. I think so. It's like 30 yard line to 30 yard line or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Somewhere in there. So they literally looked at the calls and when the official was standing within that, that zone where the, the, the team was, they were way more likely to make a favorable call for that team. And when the referee got outside of that box, then they, they were way more even-handed between John both McCurry teams. Coach chirping in your ear. Yeah, that's exactly I mean, yeah, that yeah, that was proven. Um, yeah, that makes sense to me. Or the fact that like like I said, coach you could with a big presence. Sure. I mean it, the fact that you could get overwhelmed by a crowd or or something like that, I can see, but that you're like, oh, this is a big ten situation. <laughs> like, I don't I don't know. I don't Maybe, but if it is, I don't think it's because of the geography thing because it doesn't doesn't make sense. I don't think so. All right, let's get to some Twitter questions from Jesse's Wrestling Show. Get rid of writing time but add one point for one second near fall. I'm in. You like it? I mean, you you, you exposed You put their shoulder blades on the mat. Maybe you didn't hold them there. I guess you had to hold them there for one second, so it couldn't be one like second. a real cheap tilt. So then, situation. do you want one, two, three, and four, and that with a maximum of four? Is that what you want then? Because that's sure. Right? Yeah, that makes sense to me. I mean, it, it does rather make than sense, two and four. It adds significantly more scoring sequences that you would need. Right, you, you have four scoring sequences rather than than two. Um, it would definitely incentivize more risk. Yeah, because obviously if you could get the, I mean, so from a, a reversal standpoint, right? So if you could, if you were able to expose for one one second and you got one point and they gave a reversal and they got an escape, it's, right, it's a, it's a, it's a null sequence. It's two points for each person, right? Um, 
And so you would take that risk because if you could get the two second hold or the three second hold, that you you would come out on top of that sequence. Actually, wrestling fan producer Tyler brings up a good point. You going to trust refs to count one second? How many times do we refs? not count them for like you know like a two count? And it was like you weren't there fast enough. One count. Yeah. I mean that's that's the thing right there is how fast you're gonna have to start counting there. out of position just standing up. Yes, because sometimes they're not in the right spot, and sometimes the people start faster or slower or whatever. And that, or like think about like a throw to your back situation where a guy kind of rolls through the position, but it's like, yes, do you get three points there? Yeah. Or and like, how fast do you go? Two, one, okay, off. Or do you go like immediately? you got you have to? I mean, in a takedown situation, you would have to award control and then start counting. Yeah. <laughs> it would be tricky. Maybe not. So maybe yeah. we just stick with two. Um, from Grape Nut 1970. Wow. Not sure insta-death will ever get traction, but I heard a new twist mm. for writing time. What if after a minute of writing time, the top guy gets one point, then both guys are put back in neutral? Bottom doesn't get an escape point, then writing time starts over again. I don't hate it. The only thing that would be stupid here would be, um, it is, uh, it's a, it's affected by choice of period right because say you got takedown you're up to 40 and you know then you choose top to get your to get this sequence because you get a point plus kind of they don't get the escape you know whereas if you didn't get choice the flip goes to the person you're not going to get that thing and i think things that are affected by the choice like that are, are kind of dumb because the other person should have some opportunity to bring down your ride time or something like that mm-hmm this one's from Joseph Floyd. I well, hold on, I got sorry. I got a second. I thought you were. Gonna, I, I was waiting for a pushback, but I do have a second point on that. Okay. Am I am I good to go? Yeah, you're good to go. Um, I think if there was something where after one minute of being on top consecutively, so with it within, you know, you take them down or you start on top and you're on top for one minute consecutively, not over uh, multiple periods. If at that point you got the op- option to get your point and then let them go without a point, um, I think that could work. That's Andrew Spay's um, rule. He wants to see where actually anytime two guys go out of bounds, he wants bottom guy to have the option to go on your bottom feet. guy, bottom guy, but you don't get your point for an escape. Okay, let's say. I, like, oh, I like that. So I hate it when they say the top guy because then, then geography matters right if you're lucky enough to get a takedown on the edge then you you get a two-point takedown versus if you're in the center it's a one point because two-point takedown one point escape Mm -hmm. but if it's a bottom person's choice i kind of like that but then you also if one guy is particularly good on top you take away his reward for getting the takedown and getting on top true and it would also come into play like when they go out of bounds with um i don't know yes that 30 actually had left. don't you hold this happened. Do you remember this? This was um I think Jaden Cox actually lost a match in an all-star classic because they were trying some rule switch like this. And the guy uh, I I I'm, I think I might mess this up, but I'm close. The guy got the takedown. Um and, and as they were going out of bounds, and, he, and the rule was they could let him go without a penalty. And so he let him, and, and there was a few seconds left where Jaden Cox really got ridden, so he likely would have gotten an escape to tie the match. Oh. But he couldn't get the escape because the guy let him go. It was something like, it was something to that effect. Yeah. 
Yeah, what if the yeah. bottom guy could just choose neutral at any time and and uh, get no point, or they could work for the escape. But then know. that's like then then it's like okay, but you then if you suck on bottom and you're lucky enough to go out of bounds, then the top guy doesn't get his opportunity on top. Yeah, hmm. yeah, that's that's not ideal. So I mean, if you if you did the one minute thing, the one minute consecutively, then you would. I mean, you obviously the bottom person and the top person would have both had their opportunity. And the top person can continue to ride if they so choose. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be okay. I don't know. I I, I do think. It's fine. It's also kind of fine the way. Much enough. Scott Schiller took Jaden out of bounds. And then Scott Schiller, he got the choice. Yeah. He got the choice and he took neutral, denying Jaden of the opportunity yeah. to his, hit his escape point, And Jaden was not able to take him down. Ah, see, I was right on that. I, I was worried wow. I was wrong, but I actually nailed it. Nice work. Yes. Uh, all right. Back to uh, our questions. Back to Joe Floyd, a.k.a. at DadBod for Life. Okay. You've compared athletes to their coaches in the past. Who does Ben think resembles his wrestling style the best? It's mm, a good question. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I mean, my thing was, you know, so actually because Mitchell said this also, uh, is I tried to um, I tried to steal from everybody. Like I try, you know, and, and there wasn't access like there is today to information. Um, so I watched a bunch of Dave Schultz, right? That was a guy I watched a lot of because people said, you know, from athleticism standpoint was really similar. But then beyond that, I feel like at that time, it was just watching my peers and what they were doing and trying to notice when there was things that they did that I liked that I could incorporate into my style. Is what I would say. There you go. All right, yeah. we're running out of time. We only got time for a couple more. Um, we had a couple people ask about Sammy Alvarez leaving Rutgers, and then Dean said Sammy Alvarez transfers to Oklahoma State. Could John Smith <laughs> get him back down to one thirty-three? I wouldn't rule it out. Um, but yes, Sammy officially in the transfer portal, leaving Rutgers. Um, I wish him nothing but the best. He, he had a very good season two years ago, three years ago in 2020, and uh, if he can get back to that to that level, he can really make make a make a difference at a program somewhere. Yeah. Last one. This one's from Tyler. We only got 60 seconds to talk about it. Would you rather be trapped in a mall for 24 hours with a silverback gorilla or five black mamba snakes? In a mall? Seems like you could uh, get away from the black mamba snakes easier. Although I'm our gorilla is really aggressive. Like, do, they, do any of these people actually want to get you? Like, can you teach them to try to attack or what? They're they're all semi aggressive. They're, they're coming for you. Tyler says they're half pissed off. Half pissed okay. off. Yeah, they've been hanging out. They've been, <laughs> they've just been booted from Stillwater. Oh, man, um, <laughs> I can't see a black mamba though, and I'm assuming this is like kind of a dimly lit situation. You can always basically hear the gorilla coming. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I think I'm gonna, I I'm gonna go evade the. I'm gonna evade the gorilla. I'm gonna hide in the. Gorillas get tired. Really? Damn. Snakes. Snakes are slow, bro. Nah, I snakes are fast. Well, they aren't. Black snakes Mamba are not top fast. Take that speed. Back. Snakes can get in the vent system and, and twelve you don't miles know where per hour. At. You've been watching too many Samuel Jackson movies, Tyler. Twelve miles per hour is like you haven't been watching enough. It's a decent clip. Snakes can that? move twelve miles an hour. My butt. Take it up with Google, dude. 
Yeah. National Geographic, twelve point five miles per hour. Dude, remember that? Remember that video a while back of the the lizard running, running away from all the snakes, and they're all just like, <laughs> they're they're going at him. Yeah, it's a great that video. Was wild. Yeah, I'll, I'm. I'm going gorilla. Yeah, I'm hiding. I'm hiding in the circular. I rack think I could kill the snakes too if I if I really had the black to, mambas, dude. You it. cannot kill a black mamba. You could probably kill well, one. Why can't I? Yeah, it's gonna bite you in the process. Just cut his head off. All it needs is one bite. Stop. I mean, I'm going in an You're elevator. Ridic- you sound ridiculous. I'm going you in the elevator hoping something. they don't figure out. The, the, uh, you, you know what? You get in the elevator, snakes got no chance. What are they going to do? No, you have a better okay. chance than a gorilla with snakes yeah, can like somehow get into in that elevator. elevator. I don't know how. No, stop. Gorilla, You're being ridiculous. They can't push a button. The gorilla ridiculous. just goes, ding. They don't need to push a button. They can slither in things. There. I'm leaving. JD's being ridiculous. Yeah. You guys have Y'all a great are ridiculous. Weekend. I'm <laughs> dying a slow death after you get bit. I'm just going to get pounded to death. Good thing I have the anti-venom. <laughs> oh, you just got to pee on it. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's it. Uh, thank you all for uh, tuning in to this week's show. And uh, tune in to The Duel Friday night. It's, it's going to be awesome um, on flowwrestling.org. Uh, Princeton versus Oregon State. A bunch of other good wrestling this weekend to watch and we're going to discuss it all Monday morning. See you then.